five, four. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Good morning, Mr. Novak. How are we? Yeah, good. Uh, this morning, let's let's go. Let's get ripping. Action. Welcome to Morning Minutes with myself, Michael Bergio, and Mark Novak. And yes. this morning, we're going to be talking about illegal structures, illegal incomes, yes. being naughty in property. Naughty. Um, and you know what? Nobody wants to talk it. about this topic, but we will today. Yeah, because we'll go where others will not for the people. No one wants to talk about illegal structures. No one wants to talk about illegal incomes, but a lot of lot of landlords, a lot of people have them. It's huge. So, Mark, run us through what are um, some illegal I- incomes that we have seen and structures. Let's start maybe on the residential side. What do people do? Granny flat. Granny flat. So, uh, granny flats in the backyard. Um, now, they've only only the last eight years. There's been an instrument where, if it's compliant and under sixty meters squared, council will approve it. But for 50 or 100 years or even more, mm. we've, um, we've, had, we've had them in existence. So we, um, as real estate agents, we don't know if they're compliant or not compliant. But mm. uh, people rent them. They give it to us to rent and we rent them out. And I'll, as far as a real estate agent's concerned, we understand, you know, it's not our job to find compliance in properties. That's what council's for uh, or compliance officers are for. But our function is to get them rented. We get them rented. But um, since then, I found out, like, there was never an instrument over the years for granny flats to be, like, thumbs up. Mm. Um, and people generated, you know, 20 grand a year from these from these granny flats, 100,000 over five years. It's 200,000 hey? over. It's big, isn't it? It's really, really big. And there's risk because if in if the event of, of someone hurting themselves, if the event of fire, the problem's on the owner. Yeah, and that's where, like, you can sort of see, you can see why people do it. And I reckon, I reckon it probably started maybe with the internal room being rented out um, that you may not use or a part of the house. Like we see probably two styles of granny flats, Mark, maybe a two-story home and then they've got downstairs, which was never used and they've just put in a kitchen and closed it off. Um, and from the outside, how's really anyone going to know that someone else is living there, which is paying and it's not sort of included? Very hard to tell from the inside, but it can be a, a, a game changer for an owner. Like you, you see why they do it where a lot of the time, if you've got a principal residence, it's not really helping you. If you know what I mean, financially, like it's it's your home, you can't really do much with it. But for the ability to get 200, 300, five, six, $700 a week additional income, it, it's big money. And when rates keep going up and things like that, owners are looking for this more and more now. And then- yeah. did, did it, did it start with the internal granny flat more so and then the external structure? Where did that come from, the external one? Or was it people converting a garage into a granny flat? Do you, can you recall like where you started seeing something from the olden, and then, from the olden yeah, days? Back, yeah. Well back in the day. Back That's in your day, Mark. Everything was black and white black and white pictures. Um, 
you know what? It was conversions. People just desperately needed to generate an income. Uh, they had more space in their home and off they went. Now, what amuses me is what's the difference when I rent out my bedroom? Mm. Just because I've put a kitchenette or a kitchen in my illegal flat, like what's the difference between whacking, whacking, making something a bedroom to sleep in and renting that out? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there like are an additional living room. Are you referring to? You may have two living rooms and just yeah, and you may rent that out or or people. Um, there's, if you actually think about it, this is really interesting. If you actually think about it, there's no limit to the amount of bodies you can sleep in a house or a unit. Yeah. That's true. Right? There's not just I because it's legislation. A... Is that what you're referring yeah. to? There's nowhere yeah. in any document says you cannot have more than thirty people live in a residential home. Is that what None. you're saying? Yeah, correct. You know, the reality is people don't do it. That's why there's no problem. But if you really have a good think about it, guys, have a think about it. There's really nothing stopping you in a two-bedroom unit from sleeping 10 people, you know, and I would have thought that's bloody illegal. But Mm. uh, if you're smart enough to generate income out of a two-bedroom unit and get 10 people to pay your rent, rich to you in this day and age. But that's why I think the, the, the whole granny flat thing and the illegal income thing sometimes falls on its bum because you can do much more worse things that are compliant. Yeah, good point. So it's like, imagine keeping the same house, one kitchen, nothing there, but in 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 the bedrooms, you've got 10 bunk beds, 10 people, bunk. but the structure, nothing's changed. It's what's been approved. It's there, but you've got 10 people sleeping there or you build, so that, that is where the catch is, or you build a different structure and you house them and it makes it and they're in a private and extra person out the back but that's illegal because the structure hasn't been approved but having 10 people in one room isn't so it's almost like oh, well i'd rather do the illegal structure because it's a far better outcome more it's safer it's more realistic it's like but you're right it's it's, it's illegal so What's, look, um, I'm, what, I'm, I, may be, I may be wrong on my laws, but I've been an agent for 27 years. I'm talking about my observations. It's definitely not advice to people out there. Oh, Mark, we've got Paul on here. Remember Paul, um, Paul Smith, Paul Koala from Rate My Agent, who won Rate My... Uh, what did you win, Paul? Agent of... The, it was sub Paul Smith. Uh, Paul, Paul Smith. Paul Smith. So, yeah, legend, how are you, Paul? Congratulations. <laughs> this, is a, this is an icon from the industry. He's yes. watching. Thank you for so watching. For people who have just tuned in, if Paul's just tuned in, we're talking about illegal structures and illegal incomes. And um, we're a little bit amused almost by the topic as well because we're so exposed um, yeah. to, to, to this. And, and these guys um, literally, these, these naughty people get away with murder for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They bank the money. Uh, they don't have any issues with neighbours. They don't have any issues with council. Um, and that's how granny flats used to be for 50 years. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Granny, granny flats were built. They were built well. They uh, weren't compliant. Um, and now there's an instrument the last eight years where you could get compliance if it's under 60 meters squared and if the block's under 450 meters squared. Over, uh, so, uh, over, uh, over 450 yeah. meters squared. So then, then there's been compliance around it. But look, I'm intrigued because Michael, okay, that's one example of a structure. Let's use another one. You had mezzanines in the warehouses or something, or have you got anything else? Yes. So with commercial property, a big one is factories. So you've got a, 
a strata complex and you imagine six meter high ceilings and they generally have a little bit that's been made in an office, 30 square meter office. But what we see very, very, very often is let's say the user, they now have extra staff, they need more floor space, they may not need height and racking. What they do is they basically build the whole new floor into the property, um, which is turning 100 square meters into 200 square meters in the same property. That's like having a two bedroom apartment making into a four. Um, it works for them, but there's sometimes a, a lot of, and by all means, no, basically I reckon 95% of people don't go to council because when you do a fit out for commercial, um, you okay. generally don't, now, yes. Something is just light, 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 lightning bolt, Michael, on this one, lightning yes. bolt on this one. What's stopping me from putting a shelf and storing pallets on it? Nothing. What's the difference? In council, structurally, nothing. Correct. Uh, so what, yeah. what, what I'm saying is to build the mezzanine in a warehouse and add more floor, floor area to a building is illegal in yep. a warehouse. But to build a floor where you can store, uh, like, sorry, to build a shelf that you can mm. store pallets on is okay. Yeah, the fit out. It's, because with council, you, you don't need to... Yeah, you've got to, you get the usage approved, but you don't need to let them know where every table and chair is basically. No. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you want to build three shelves to store pallet, to store pallets on and you want them to be in gold or you want them to be jib rocked or you want them to be steel yeah. or you want to, what's stopping you? So it's really interesting because yes. you know how there's that saying, uh, it's easier to beg for forgiveness than to beg for permission, than to get them, than to get permission, whatever that, that yep. saying is. Like it just goes to show a lot of these cats that we're dealing with, they're not asking for permission. They're just doing what they do. No one's ever pulling them up because there's this gray area. Again, I'm not supporting yep. illegal structures. I'm not supporting illegal income. I'm, it's just an observation. Yes, and I'll bring up on the screen, Mark, I've got, let me see when it syncs, I brought up, so if people are wondering what it is in a factory, I'm bringing it up, let me show you on Facebook, sorry, Instagram, you won't be able to see this, but I'm yeah. showing you what it typically looks like when it comes through, okay, here we go. So typical, in Warrior Ward, you can see the factory from the outside, Look, you don't know what's in any of them. Then we go to the image on the right, video, complex, okay. So here you can see uh, the photo that's taken from the back where you've got your concrete and above you, you can see the structure that they have installed into the property. And that's what we're referring to. Um, so is that, is, that a mezzan, is that a mezzanine installed for uh, storage or is that a floor that people can operate a business from and there's a risk there of fire? Is. Yes, both uh, run the business from this one. So... But well, actually it's had multiple tenants over the time. It's been used as both. So a lot of these are all engineered. Um, I, I rarely come across one approved by council, but everyone wants the safety aspect covered. So they do have it built by an engineer. There's a perfect image of it, Mark. There we go. You can see, okay. you can see how that first so, floor. So they've got a beautiful height in, in, the, in the factory. They mm -hmm. want to utilize that height by putting a mezzanine in, which is like another floor. That's yep. illegal? Yes. Okay. But that's legal if it's there for storage, for pallet racking, call that pallet racking. That's okay. 
Um, I think it still may be, but we'll have to have a have to have a look at it in that aspect. Ever had a fire problem? No, I've never ever ever had one. Never heard of one. Ever? No one's ever been hurt. No. And with the weight of them, they're they're engineered, they're secured. The only difference is the reason why um, people, and you may go, why, do, why don't people go through council? There's a couple of reasons. Uh, the time, a lot of these guys have a business and they need it now, so they can build this in a week, Or, but for council, it may take three to six months to get it so, done. And council, want, council wants to wants parking, an extra, extra yes. couple of parking spaces if you're adding, adding meter squared to your yes. shop. And every square meter additional, you've got to add parking. It's because of the risk of people falling down that's why it's illegal. No, so these it's, cats, it's more, these, yep. so, so these cats are doing it for storage. Yes. Not, <laughs> so not, a, and not, not for not adding meterage squared to their uh, to operate their business. They're doing it for Admiral storage. Admiral said it's um is it because of the risk of people falling down? Is that's why it's illegal? No, it's it's illegal because it hasn't it's an un it's an unlawful it, it's a structure that hasn't been approved by council to be there. Uh, it's not really the Obviously, if it's not approved by council, it doesn't have this, they say it's for safety. But the reason is, it's more you're adding square meterage and you don't have parking. That's the biggest thing to it. It's the more square meters, the more parking. Just so allow, yeah. allow me to give an example, do it in concrete. Mm. Completely fire-wise, it would be great. You know, uh, uh, weight-wise, it would be weight. Do it in concrete. Even yeah. if you did it in concrete, completely bca building code of australia meets all of those all of those things the problem is adding meterage squared to your to your um to your Correct. lot yep uh, and the reason why people don't do it in concrete is because they understand they haven't gone through council if someone knocks on their door and says remove it they do it in the timber or metal frame because it can be disassembled a lot easier where the concrete one a lot more of a cost more of a permanent structure Ever so, seen it happen? I've never seen one being removed, no. Because they're storage. They're storage. And to be honest, it's like Mark Pitwater Road. All the awnings on Pitwater Road are overhanging and are, are basically illegal, but you don't see council going and knocking on your door asking everyone to redo it. I think there's a, a line between councils in our area where it's a bit like you, it's no one speaks of it. So um, Look, don't... Oh, oh. I think when it comes to compliance, like I, I, you know, I think when I think no one's really compliant. I think not a person, mm. um, and not a not a building. Like yes. if if you want to find issues with compliance with a human or with a, um, you know, like just driving for example, follow if a cop if a police officer follows someone for one hour, like anybody for one hour, I will guarantee you they will find a reason to ping them. You know, compliance is so real. You know what I mean? So like, true. Uh, if you follow me in a conversation of something that I say, and you are the best lawyer in the, in Australia, you will have an issue with one thing that I say. Um, yeah. So I, I I just think at the end of the day, if you if we're chasing, uh, com- and Australians are very good at chasing compliance, i.e., mm. our lockout our lockout laws of uh, of Sydney, um, we've got to be careful. We've got to yeah. be really careful. And it's that fine line. It's one of those things that what I, our best, what, what, how do we say? So the, our clients who probably are the most, that we would say are the most successful in property 
all look for ways to have additional income above and beyond what the property is or they what do. it previously was. It's just Absolutely. a common thing I see in every landlord who has four, five, 10, 20, 12 properties, buildings. It's just, they always look at it going, okay, this is how the box everyone else looks at it and does with it. And how can I do it differently to create more income? And if you're doing that with every property in every scenario, it may be an extra $50, $200 per property, multiply that over 10 properties. That's an extra 2,000. That's what I, I see. Yeah, like I've got an old client that doesn't insure anything. Mm. <laughs> and right, so he goes to me. Yeah, and I'm good like, point. Talk this one through. And I'm like, dude, you know, and this is about compliance and what we're talking about today is illegal structures and illegal incomes. And I'm now what I'm talking about is running the gauntlet, which is this insurance example. So he's like, let's do the example. I said, sure. Because he had, he had a, 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 a very expensive Lexus uninsured. I was just like, no way. Mm. And he goes, he's got a third party, obviously, because legally you got a third party, but yeah. his vehicle is damaged. He has to pay for it. And he goes, Mark, you got a calculator? I said, yes. He said, get it out. Got it out. And he, <laughs> and he said, um, put in, um, he said, put in, <laughs> he said, put in, I'm sorry. He said, put in um, $1,500. I said, yes. And he said, put in 65 years of, of how long I've been, because uh, he's 80, 80 something. Yeah, so how long mm. I've been driving cars for. Think about the numbers. There was 200 grand sitting there mm. on car insurance. And he goes, now imagine if I invested 20,000 of that 50 years ago. He goes, I would rather buy a property and call that my car insurance. Mm. And in case something ever went wrong, I would sell that property. And I was like, whoa. So instead yeah. of giving the money to the insurance company, you're giving it to yourself in case of emergency. He said, correct. He said, that $1,500, I didn't put, keep it in my pocket. I invested it in case of emergency. And I was like, wow. And he said, I can show you how I did that with properties, with life insurance, with uh, car insurance, with all that stuff. Wow. Wow. It's big. It's big. And we, we've got another client who does the same because their whole thing um, is like tenant insurance. We've said this before, Mark. Um, it, it's great if you've got one property or two properties, um, but if you've got 10 or 15 properties, 20 properties, and you're paying 250, is it 250 for, I think, $300 property for tenant insurance, you multiply that by 20 properties. Um, it adds up and you're like, it, it's not worth me having it. I'd rather if a tenant stopped paying, so you kick them out, you lose a bit of rent and the time, and but you just get a new tenant in there. Um, but we've said it, when do we say, we said it, Mark, if you're not in a position with that, like the rental insurance one, if you're not in a position that you could cover that cash though, say if you are week to week, then yes, uh, that insurance is vital um, because they're, if you're kicking out a tenant or a tenant won't leave residentially and you've got no income, then you've got to kick them out. It could be two months, three months without income. But if you've still got that mortgage to pay and you don't have cash to take it from anywhere else, that's where the insurance can really come in. 
But if yep. you're if you're fortunate enough to have a bit of that positive cash flow and positive where you can um, use money from another property or savings to cover the period you have that tenant or bad tenant, then that then you don't need the insurance basically. All right, let's wrap it up. So our yep. takeouts from today are. We've spoke about um, illegal illegal incomes and illegal structures. Yes. Um, our, our takeouts are they exist. Mm-hmm. Our, our takeouts are that the people that are generally pretty risk adverse, uh, like the older European sort of people, which is why the insurance example came out at the end, um, uh, they it generally has not bitten them on the bum. We yeah. do we do not promote illegal incomes. We do not no. support illegal structures. We understand there is a, but we understand that with if you want to be really, really super compliant in this world, we don't think you're gonna you're gonna live either, because um, it's True. a very it's very very hard to be completely compliant. So, um, speak to your lawyer, get good advice on legal incomes, legal structures, and speak um, to a lawyer who's got property and doing it. God, like the amount advice. of time greater client um, is speaking to a lawyer and they've never bought a property in their life. They do this. Yeah. They're not going to give you practical advice. Understand speak, your risk. You know? Yeah. Un- understand your risk. You're going to take them. And if you're going to get advice, get advice not from someone who's actually taken those risks. Uh, that's our takeouts. Anything else you want to add, Michael? No, Todd said, love the analogy, investing insurance. Thank you for watching, Todd and Mel. Always a pleasure. Lots of people on today. You guys are legends. This will be on podcast. We'll share it. You can watch it. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Uh, also, guys, share and win um, to help incentivize people sharing. Uh, we withdraw $50 every Saturday as a little cash bonus uh, for helping people. We feel this is knowledge people can't get anywhere. We love doing it. We love helping people. Lisa, thanks for tuning in. And um, we'll speak to everyone soon. Adios. Sponsor me on my ride. Sponsored on his ride and happy birthday to my nonna, 90 today. You. Hey, happy birthday, nonna. Yeah, 90 years old, so she's going strong. So I'll um I'll be giving her a crown now. <laughs> All right. All right. Happy birthday, Thank nonna. You. See ya. Bye, bye, bye. 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 bye.